Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Ben Thompson with Treble Health. Today's podcast guest is Dr. Mark Partain, expert tinnitus audiologist and someone who personally has tinnitus and has learned to manage it over 17 years of having it. Dr. Mark also has a brother who is an ENT doctor. We're going to talk about those two things in this podcast episode, as well as his particular passion for working with musicians and people who enjoy being around music learning how they can keep that joy and passion for music and playing music while having tinnitus. This is a great podcast episode. Please watch it until the end. And welcome to the Tribal Health Podcast. Mark, as an audiologist who yourself has tinnitus, tell us about your experiences and how you use that in your day-to-day patient care. Yeah, I've had tinnitus myself. I was doing the math the other day on it because I feel like it had been a while since I checked in on that. I think it was 17 years now, and I've had a lot of ups and downs with it. You know, the first few years, I didn't really manage it all that well, let it kind of run my life a little bit. But, you know, I was introduced to tinnitus retraining therapy when I was in graduate school for audiology and just kind of learned how much control, how much that I, I didn't know that I had over my tinnitus that you know, I could exert in different ways. And it's been great to learn myself and then be able to share with other people, you know, that experience, you know, the ups and downs of it, especially. What are the challenges that you faced over the years with it? Um, How did you use the methods that you teach patients every day? What were those struggles and how did you manage? Yeah, I I actually, when I, I think of the things that I held off on at the beginning, there's a lot of the mindfulness part of things. And a lot of what I've enjoyed being able to work with the resources that you've put together for us, because that was definitely one of my weak points of it. But as soon as I started putting that mindfulness in there, you know, that ability to, you know, relax a little bit, to acknowledge that the tinnitus is there and not have that, that normal reaction that we have to it, I figured out how powerful that that can be and really open myself up to the other side of that, you know, the meditation, mindfulness, you know, doing different breathing exercises that, I will tell you at the beginning when that idea was introduced to me, I, I wasn't as on board with it. And now many of my patients will tell you I go a little heavy on it sometimes. And why do you have tinnitus? Have you looked into the cause of your own tinnitus? Yeah, I, I have been a musician most of my life. I got a drum set when I was like in first grade. I think that's like six or seven years old. And, you know, they don't give you a drum set and earplugs at the same time. So I, I had a lot of years where I was playing a lot of music. It really wasn't until I was really deep in orchestral music, practicing, you know, seven, eight hours a day in a practice room that any of my teachers said, hey, you know what, do you take care of your hearing? Do you wear earplugs? And and at that point, you know, I knew that there was ringing in my ears in quiet places, but, you know, no one had explained what tinnitus was to me. Uh, And so, I, I know that it's from noise exposure. I know that there's some damage to my ears that that some fun, very extensive testing back in grad school uh, showed me. But, you know, I, I also, if you do a hearing test on me, it's all in normal range. So it's, it's damage that hasn't appeared yet. Only 
appeared in form of uh, tinnitus. Mm, yeah, and we have some very specific testing that measures parts of the cochlea called the OAE test. That's more specificity than the normal tones hearing test. What do your OAE tests show, those those outer hair cell functions of the cochlea, the hearing organ? How are those cells doing? That's the exact test that I was thinking of that clinically when we use it, you know, we'll, we'll do a few points per octave when we're going through uh, setting up our parameters. When I was in grad school, you know, I was able to dedicate an hour with device on doing that and, and got much more detail in it. And really the area between three and 4,000 hertz, there's a big gap in my hearing there. And I, I don't experience it. I, I hear a little bit of distortion in that, that range, but that's also the range that we know is most affected by noise exposure. And when we're looking at hearing tests, if we see what we call a lot of times a noise notch, it's right in that three to 4,000 hertz range. How do you counsel patients? How do you talk to your patients who are musicians? Um, what are their common questions or concerns that they have about their tinnitus, their hearing, and their ability to continue to play music? How do those conversations typically go? Yeah, I mean, for musicians, it's tough sometimes because it's taking something that's incredibly important to them and throwing a wrench into the plans. You know, suddenly you're listening to a piece of music that you've listened to for years, something that you enjoy that you can relax to. And there's this extra element in there that throws everything off. And a lot of times we have to kind of break down what the function of what we're doing, listening to music for enjoyment and the analysis part of it, and be able to try to separate the two of those and know that for the analysis part, we can really kind of put the tinnitus to side eventually and be able to hear things, focus on them, analyze them for my patients that are music producers to produce and hear the same type of part of a track over and over like that while hearing the tinnitus and not reacting to it. That's really the hardest part to it. You know, for people that have such a deep connection to music, it can be a, a sense of mourning almost at the beginning. And, you know, I'm here to say 17 years into tinnitus, I still love listening to music. And I think that anyone with tinnitus that, that has that emotional connection to music will we'll find a way to make that connection in whatever way that we can along with tinnitus. And probably one of the biggest questions in the music community is, can I go to a concert? Can I go to a show? Can I be around loud noise anymore because I have tinnitus? Can I still play on stage? Can I still play an electric guitar? Can I still play my saxophone or trumpet or piano even because I have tinnitus? Uh, how do you respond to those kinds of questions? Yeah, I mean, going to to concerts, playing things like that, it's it's easier and easier every year to be responsible about the amount of sound that that we're exposed to. You know, custom musicians plugs are fantastic, but there are a lot of over the counter kind of generic musicians plugs that have come out in the last few years that do so much better of a job than just putting those foam plugs in the ears and will allow you to listen, to play, to interact without feeling like you're you're shutting yourself off. And so that there is that element of of stress adding an extra part to and, and changing the way that we we practice and, and perform. But at the same time, just like any other part of practicing, it's something that if we do enough, we get used to it. And you know, I think the best thing to get used to is after a band practice or something, when I when I'm wearing my earplugs, 
being able to take them out and not feel kind of the consequences of that feels a lot better than that adjustment period to wearing them for me. This is a quick interruption to say that if you're enjoying listening to Dr. Mark Partain, you can speak with him on a free consultation with Treble Health by following the link below. You can have a conversation with him to ask him about your questions related to music, hearing, tinnitus. Check the link below and sign up for the free consult with Dr. Mark. Let's get back to the podcast episode. Are you still playing now? What do you yeah. play? What do you play and what kind of uh, music do you create? Yeah, I, I play in a band with a few of my friends that that asked me for years to be the drummer in their band. And, and it's just a, a really fun like garage rock project with them. I actually the last big music project that I did was almost creating masking tracks that I used while I slept. And, and I try to encourage some of my patients with a history of music production or with that that knowledge to kind of create their own maskers and, and take audio that you enjoy and, and edit it in a way that it can be functional in a different way too. It can be a really fun exercise. Mm. So you're a specialist in tinnitus with our team at Treble Health. And you had shared with me that your brother is an ENT doctor. So what kind of conversations do you guys have between each other and how does that improve your understanding of the tinnitus journey for the average patient, knowing what is going on on the ENT doctor side of things? Yeah, on the on the ENT side of things, yeah, I've been lucky enough to work with some great ENTs professionally. And it's it's nice to have that personal connection where I know I can text my brother at any time, get his take on something. He's a pediatric ENT, so we don't don't overlap everywhere in it. But you know, I think that those conversations that we have a help him to you know know why tinnitus is as important to me, both as a sibling and as a clinician. But then also to you know hear what his experience is, because a lot of times I will admit I'm hard on ENTs the same way that that a lot of our audiologists are. That that you know the counseling could could be better sometimes, but. Talking to him always reminds me of, you know, the thousand other considerations that are on the minds of, you know, someone who's who's in that position and reminding that, you know, that's partially our responsibility as audiologists who specialize in tinnitus is to do that counseling work that may fall between the cracks at other appointments. Absolutely. Let's talk about sound. Let's talk about sound therapy as a musician, as someone who yourself has mixed certain tinnitus sounds. How would you advise our community who might have an interest in finding that perfect tinnitus sound that's going to reduce and provide relief? Now, you understand not only the whole volume of sounds that are available, which is growing and growing and endless almost. But you also know what the research seems to support as well as what the professional community seems to support. So if I'm someone who wants to try different kinds of sound therapies and wants to follow a protocol to help my tinnitus, and maybe I do have a music background, maybe I just have a slight music interest, how would you approach counseling me and, and uh, giving me recommendations on what kind of sound therapies to use as I go through my habituation journey to reduce tinnitus and get relief. Yeah. And that's always a, a tough, tough conversation because we're always interested in using things that we enjoy 
for for sound therapy. But the the caution that we always have for that is that we don't want to have that emotional context mixed into what we're using for sound therapy. You know, if we can find the most neutral sound in the world, that would be the ideal sound therapy sound. And, and for musicians, there's a lot tied to sound, to music. And so that's usually the first question that my musician patients will ask is, can I use music as sound therapy? And the unfortunate answer is that there's just too much emotional context to it. And I, I think that that starting point of, okay, we're looking for something neutral, we're looking for something calming, just kind of opens up a whole different category of sounds where a lot of people naturally who, who are musicians or are musically inclined might say, oh, I want to use music at first. If we explain the why that may not be the best option, you know, that opens up a lot of nature sounds, a lot of other aspects of, of sound that, that we can approach differently, like, you know, coming up with combination of different white noise, pink noise, brown noise that kind of mixes and, and works into the ears the way that the individual person hears. So I, I think it's really a lot of experimentation and making sure that there's an understanding of what the really the purpose behind it is and, and the difference between music enjoyment and sound therapy sometimes. Yeah. So that the brain science here that a neutral sound is easier for the brain to use as promoting habituation of tinnitus because the brain can over time sort tinnitus as a neutral, non-threatening, non-bothersome sound. But that takes a lot of conditioning, just time, duration, repetitive conditioning. Is it challenging for your patients to use sound therapy through tinnitus maskers or hearing aids on the ears? What other methods are working for your patients with sound therapy? No, I, I think sound therapy on the ear. I mean, the reason why it's the gold standard for tinnitus retraining therapy is just the simplicity of it. I was a few minutes ago in a, a fitting, getting someone set up with a pair of maskers and, you know, he was asking how to use it. And the best answer that I can give for that is, Put them on in the morning, have them set the way that they are the most comfortable to be set and just wear them all day. And I think the best thing to do is come up with the simplest option. You know, at that point, especially on ear, then you've got a lot of flexibility. They're already on your ears. You've got, you know, those maskers. You can play in other sound. If you don't want to focus on sound therapy, you want to add a podcast just because, you know, you need a little bit of time to focus on something else. You've already got those in your ears anyway. You know, it's it's just a different way of stimulating the auditory system and, you know, taking advantage of something that can come with us anywhere that we go throughout the day. Yeah. Additionally to the tinnitus maskers, what kind of technology or sounds complement that? Like you said, okay, you can stream things to the devices. What about maybe other sounds in your environment? What's working for your patients? Um, you know, other sounds in, in the environment, we've got some some good, you know, tabletop maskers that I, I really like as an option to, you know, it, it is so individual that I'll have people that will come to me after, you know, I recommend a few different apps and say, oh, I love these crickets here. And I will tell you for me, if we added crickets to the soundscape that I used, I would have that turned off within five minutes. And so it, it really is everyone's individual. And especially, you know, if we're talking specifically about that cohort of musician patients, it's even more individual between them is that, 
you know, as a percussionist, I'm going to hear things differently. I'm going to have, you know, different interpretations. Clanging things is something normal to me because I, I'm used to, you know, being a drummer. Whereas other, some other people that, that type of sound might be the exact type of thing that pulls them away from that relaxation state. And so, I mean, it's what I say to all my patients at the end of our, our first discussion that we have on sound therapy. It's, it's all about experimentation, finding out what works for you. And we go through this protocol, try this first. This is most likely to work. Mm, let's try something else. There's always another tactic, always another technique. Dr. Mark, thanks for being here and sharing your expertise on your personal experience with tinnitus, your family dynamic with hear, ears and hearing, as well as uh, your enjoyment of working with musicians. For those who are new here to our community, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. And Dr. Mark, hope to have you on for another podcast episode soon. It was great. Thanks for the opportunity to come on. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching today's video with Treble Health. Check out our next video by clicking the button on this screen or another recommended video. And if you're not already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. See you on the next video. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast platform for the Treble Health podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.